Welcome to Viewpoint, a TD Securities podcast. Listen in as we draw perspectives from a variety of thought leaders on key themes influencing markets, industries, and the global economy today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, and welcome to episode 20 of Viewpoint, a TD Securities podcast. My name is Amy Van Arnhem, and I will be your host for today's episode. I'm joined by two of my colleagues, Steve Bankay, Managing Director and Head of Canadian Prime Brokerage, and David Santina, Managing Director and Head of U.S. Prime Services. Steve and David are joining me today to discuss TD Securities' prime brokerage business and some of the key trends that are prevalent in the alternative asset management space. Steve, Dave, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you very much. Great. So I have one question first. Why is it prime brokerage in Canada and prime services in the U.S.? I think prime services kind of evolved over the last few years when you take a more sort of synthetic prime, cash prime, like equity swaps, Delta One businesses. I think that's evolved from there, but I don't know. Maybe David has an opinion on that. No, there's no real – it's not black and white reason why. It's just just, uh, different semantics. So that's how we differentiate our business from – Canada, the U.S., but uh, there's no real uh, factual reasons behind that. Okay, great. I get asked that a lot, so I just thought I would clarify it for everybody. Um, But on to the real questions. First, I think um, it would be great if you could spend a little bit of time just talking about what a prime brokerage does uh, or a prime service does, just providing, I guess, a high-level overview of your business and what function it provides um, to the clients and why the alternative asset management space is such a key client for your business. I'll start off. Basically, we offer a suite of services to alternative investment managers. So I kind of describe it sometimes as a, a margin account like you'd have with a, a retail broker, but kind of on steroids. So we drive revenue from margin loans and from securities lending. But we provide a whole set of suites from custody, clearing, reporting, capital introduction, and a number of other services that complement the ways that we make money. On a higher level, I would say really, uh, you know, financing solutions for for alternative investors and alternative uh, funds, private money managers. And and to, to Steve's point, there's a whole suite of value-added services that we provide. And, you know, when I talk about financing solutions, I mean, you know, not just on the long side, but on the short side as well. To add to Steve's point, the differentiator for us really is our service model, capital introduction and securities lending. I think that's very important to uh, to our to our clients. Yeah, I, I would say at the core, to a certain extent, prime brokerage has been somewhat commoditized where, you know, these are the rates. And so then how do you differentiate yourself? And it's things like service, it's things like have pinchos, sort of these like non-tangible things which make a difference. And I know definitely in Canada, you know, we try to basically outservice our competitors. And because once you bring the client in, as long as you're doing a good job and you're treating them fairly and pricing them fairly, they'll stick around. So you get this nice annuity business for many years. How is the alternative asset management space in particular special for your business? Is it that they are partaking in some of these shorting activities and some of the taking advantage of some of the custodial business? Yeah, like when I, you know, we think of alternatives really for, for me, and I'm sure David's the same way, it's 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 financing, right? Either cash, margin loans, or or short selling. And so in Canada, what's evolved is it's very small alternatives market. It's growing, but traditionally over the past 20 years, it's been private OM funds offering memorandum that could only sell to accredited investors. And I think what's changed over the last five years or so is that the securities administrator, the regulator, the OSC, Quebec, whomever, 
have made changes to the rules uh, around mutual funds to allow mutual funds, or they call them liquid alts, allow them to use some leverage and do some shorting. And the benefit of, of that is from a distribution perspective, you no longer are, are restricted only selling to accredited investors. You can sell to anyone who has a margin account at a big wealth management firm, providing that their funds are approved by that wealth management firm. So, so that's been a big evolution with, within Canada, for sure. In the U.S. and, and uh, abroad, the, the market has been growing. You know, the last couple of years has been, uh, you know, uh, a little bit. There, there have been some money taken out of the industry as a whole. But now it's a huge market and there's thousands of uh, potential private money managers. It depends how you define it. Yes, but the, yeah. the, the, the category could be quite large and the opportunity is just phenomenal. So it's very large opportunity and it's continued to grow. And what we're seeing in the in that space is that the larger funds are getting larger. And that's been a trend for the last little while where the the really big complexes are are really attracting a lot of the the money coming into the space. And what type of funds are really attracting that money? Is it a specific focus in terms of end market? So private equity, private debt? I, th- I think it's a bit of a cycle. I think traditionally the last few years, private equity has really, there was a fair bit of shift from traditional hedge funds into private equity. And I think now that's rolling off. You know, we see some private debt. But I think for the core hedge fund business that David and I are involved in, like I think that's strong. And I think we're seeing, you know, opportunities and, and some inflows definitely here in Canada. And I suspect in the United States yeah, as well, absolutely. too. Um, but but it's definitely cyclical. And you have to remember, we're, we're focused in, you know, diverse strategies. It's not just equity long short. There's, you know, fixed income and other diversified hedge fund trading strategies that we're focused on. Yeah. And I think that's an important point to say is that, you know, you want a diverse book of business. You know, you want StatArb, ConvertArb. We have a nice fixed income business here in Canada because as the cycle kind of, you know, goes through its phases, certain asset classes aren't going to be in favor and aren't going to be profitable. And, you know, we have to find new asset classes and new clients to deal with to kind of have that nice smooth distribution of, of kind of revenue over, over the foreseeable future. So it's just constantly evolving and moving with some of the things that we see in the market in terms of where clients are finding that alpha generation opportunity. We used to define sort of a hedge fund as, as a true hedging strategy. And has that changed or do you still see that as a core part of the alternative asset space is really looking at providing these these hedged opportunities where you are sort of, I guess, um, circling in on alpha uh, and really trying to limit the market exposure or beta at the end? I would say, yeah, 100%. Because I think from a risk perspective, like we're not in the business of lending money because people want leverage, right? Right, for the sake of having leverage to kind of boost returns, because that's you know a, a dangerous outcome. You know, generally we want to work with firms that are taking in institutional money and from institutional investors that have mandates and expect certain things. So our long short managers, if you kind of you know go into a deep dive with them, they're all sort of it's a lot of pairs, it's a lot of pods. You know, they have a view on this these stocks being overpriced, these stocks being underpriced, and and so there is an implied hedge. Our fixed income business is very much hedged, and I think that's what you're paying for because you know traditionally alternative managers, there's old two and twenty model. It's not that anymore, but nevertheless, uh, investors are paying a premium for this hedging services and for generating alpha as well too. So Yeah, and the alternative space is that gives the, the portfolio managers opportunity to be, I guess, fend against some of the volatility in the marketplace and hedge their uh 
their exposures, but it really depends on the strategy, yep. you know, and, and what the, the trading and goals and, and time horizons of the portfolio and the trading strategies are. So with interest rates where they are now, how have you both seen that impact your business? So both within the community that you service, but then also within your businesses specifically. Maybe, Steve, I'll start with you in Canada and move on to the U.S. Yeah, I think I've seen two things. I think we had some clients that, you know, had some opportunistic sort of carry trades where the cost of borrowing was so cheap that they could buy pretty high quality assets that could have positive carry. Particularly saw that with a lot of our, our fixed income clients. And so that with the rates being where they are now, that seems to be evaporated. But on the flip side of that, our fixed income business has probably grown about 65% over the past year. I think a lot of that is, you know, with these increases in interest rates, there are certain segments of the market where they think are undervalued. And so we've seen a lot of inflows come into that business. And that's obviously in turn allowed us to grow and be more profitable in that space. Yeah, I would agree with that. The one thing I would say, some of our, you know, global macro funds, did have a little bit of a stumble, you know, with some of the, you know, treasury moves and the volatility over the last half a year or so. Things have, have settled down now in their, their respects. So that's what I would say about to add to Steve's comments. And do the higher rates put any strain on how you run your business or how you think about your business? Definitely think about it differently. It's, it's top of mind. But for our business, our cost of funds uh, is what we get from our, our treasury, and we apply a spread to that to our clients. So it does have some nuances, but for the most part, rates went up yesterday in Canada a quarter point. That really doesn't change a whole lot for us. Our clients are just paying more to borrow money from us, but in terms of what they're paying us, that remains static. Yeah, I, I would just add it's really monitoring our, our liquidity and cost of liquidity is very important for a prime broker. It's very balance sheet intense business. So we really have to be on top of all of our costs, our funding costs and our liquidity costs from a regulatory perspective and a practical funding perspective as well. Well, you brought up regulatory, so I'm going to ask, <laughs> what are the considerations? I mean, as we know, financial market participants are always subject to a lot of regulation. Is there anything that's kind of top of mind or keeping your industry up at night that's new or, or, or changing on the regulatory front? You know, in Canada, it's just, you know, the fall of, of the financial crisis in 2008 introduced a lot of new rules via the, the Basel III regime. And so it's really about navigating that and making sure that we're compliant and then we price things properly. But but beyond that, I think the OSC and the regulators in Canada, they've been pretty warm to alternatives. I think there are some reforms in, in terms of approvals that they that they give to our clients that need to be worked upon. But for the most part, it, it's pretty good. I know the SEC has got different views on hedge funds these days, and maybe I'll let David speak to that. But Yeah, it, it really depends. There's a lot of headlines out there about, yeah. you know, more capital being, you know, allocated to banks as a whole because of the regional banking issues uh, that have arisen over the last several months in the U.S. But we have to see the details of that and how it's going to play out and what factually will be brought down into the actual practical running of the business. But that's a very important point of how we uh, how we manage our, our business and our strategy going forward. Yeah, I can imagine. So last kind of question that I would love to dig in a little bit with you both is you mentioned providing that sort of top of class service as being hugely important to your business to retain your clients. And what recently, as as we know, TD Securities purchased Cowan, I would love 
to hear a little bit more about how that um, increases the offering that you have and also just uh, the opportunity that we have specifically maybe starting in the U.S. around our prime services offering and then maybe closing out, Steve, like why we're best in class in Canada and what are sort of some of those key objectives yeah, with the acquisition of, of Cowan, uh, now with TD Cowan as part of the, the TD group, it's a huge opportunity for us. It really helps us round out our product offering. It really helps us attract clients when we have different services, ancillary services outside of our main prime brokerage business. So there's a lot of execution that happens with our clients. Uh, and now that we have a more of a, a franchise in investment banking, you know, research, M&A and execution, it's really going to help us go to those types of funds, more the equity-based funds, to help us bring in more clients on the uh, prime brokerage side. And we can, of course, continue our journey of growing our fixed income offering as well in the U.S., which will continue to benefit the business as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And then how about in Canada? What are some of your sort of key service offerings that you really pride yeah, yourself on? Yeah, I'll speak to that, but I'll make one comment on, on Cowan because we recently won a piece of business with a Canadian-based hedge fund that really focuses on U.S. mid-cap names, and they wanted a second prime, and they wanted a Canadian. It came down to, you know, we were in the mix, and and what really won it for us was this Cowan aspect and, and having the ability to execute U.S. and the ability to offer them research and corporate access. And that was the tipping point because, you know, pricing and all these other items were were the same. So that was nice that we were able to make that impact very quickly. To your question around what makes us successful and and that sort of thing here in Canada, I I think a lot of it is longevity. Like we've been very consistent with the people that we've had. We keep it fairly simple. Like we're not doing anything international. We're not doing anything overly complex. You know, we do listed equities, options, and fixed income, and and we do it well. And so we're very forthright with our clients, like, this is what we can do for you, and we can do it well. And the service aspect is big. It sounds corny, but, like, we know there's no voicemail in the group. Like, you, you hear the phone ring, you pick it up, you know, and you, and you help. You get an email, you make sure you respond by the end of the day, even if it's just saying, I don't have an answer for you, but I'll, I'll come back to you. And it's just, just the little things that... I know as a as a customer of banks or telephone companies or whatever, this is sort of things you like. You know, then over time, you build relationships with people and it just becomes, you know, more of a partnership and has it's built around trust. Yeah, I, I really agree with that totally. And it's, you know, really we're, we're looking to build our business in a strategy where we're partnering with institutional-like hedge funds that fit within our, our business strategy and our risk profile where we could really differentiate from the from the other uh, main providers in the U.S. Yeah, well, I can definitely speak to it being a cornerstone of our business and our relationships with our clients. As a relationship manager myself, it, I, I work very closely with the teams and you're great partners and uh, you do a lot for our clients. So thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks, Amy. Thank you for listening to Viewpoint, a TD Securities podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to this series on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast platform. For more thought leadership content, visit tdsecurities.com and follow us on LinkedIn for all the latest TD Securities updates. For relevant disclaimers to this podcast, please refer to the Viewpoint episode page on our website.